This is an ABC podcast. I worked with millipedes for maybe nine years, and I also hadn't wrapped my head around the fact that we didn't have a millipede that had a thousand legs. What the duck? Millipedes don't have a thousand legs. How many do they have then? Welcome to What the Duck, the podcast that answers all the questions you never knew you needed answers to, like how many legs is too many legs? And how many legs does a centipede have? Hmm. Centurion, century, cents to the dollar, centre link, right? A hundred. Wrong. And then millipede. You guessed it, not a million, nor a thousand. And what's the difference between them anyway? I'm Ann Jones. And this is What the Duck. So centipedes and millipedes can look very similar because they both have lots of legs. Dr Juanita Rodriguez is a research scientist at the Australian National Insect Collection at the CSIRO. But one of the easiest ways to tell them apart is that millipedes have two pairs of legs for each body segment and centipedes have one pair of legs for each body segment. But also, you know, like sometimes they're tiny and you're not gonna like go and count them. So it's, uh, you can tell also because millipedes look more warm-like, whereas centipedes are more flat. To me, I just feel like the centipedes are like the evil cousins of the millipedes, which are really cute. I have always assumed that it was to do with the numbers of legs in total, but it actually doesn't have anything to do with that. Exactly. It has nothing to do with that. There are some millipedes that have less legs than some centipedes and the other way around. There are centipedes that probably have more than 100 legs, I'm pretty sure. Millipedes have been around on this planet for about 400 million years. And there were big ones in the past, like two metres big, mercifully extinct now. But that would have been terrifying. So the word millipede is, uh, has root, Latin roots, and milli is a thousand, and pede it means legs. So it would mean that uh, it's a creature with a thousand legs. And I think that it comes from, you know, comparing centipedes and millipedes. Millipedes look more leggy just because they have these two pairs of legs per segment, but it doesn't mean that uh, anybody had seen one with a thousand legs, I guess, when they, when they put this common name millipede. I just get the feeling that they would have like counted up to like 35 legs and then just been like, no, uh, there's about a thousand. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what they did. Yeah. I mean, do you know what the story is behind why they called them thousand legs? So the scientific name is Diplopoda and that would make a little bit more sense. Maybe it has something to do with each segment having two legs, two pairs of legs. Uh, for centipedes, they're called kilopoda. So you can tell the difference there, but I'm not sure exactly where and who came up with that millipede name. And up till very recently, uh, we didn't know any millipedes that have even a thousand legs. 
Yep, it's shocking, but up until 2021, scientists had never found a millipede with 1,000 or more legs. The closest was 750 legs. I mean, they've got around 13,000 species now. They counted all those legs and none of them a 1,000. My whole life a lie. Until a fateful day when finally one was found that smashed the record for the leggiest creature on Earth and it was in Australia. Basically how this happened was there is a team working in WA doing some environmental surveys. For a couple of years I worked in environmental consulting in Western Australia. That's Dr Bruno Alves-Bassato. He is now at Flinders University, but at the time he was working as an environmental consultant. And mostly that meant going to remote areas where there's mining plants and survey for subterranean fauna was one of the things we did. So looking down mining holes and pulling up whatever we could find that was living down there so we could have an assessment of what the mining project would impact Because below the Earth's surface, in the groundwater and the interstices of rock, exist all sorts of creatures, some of which never see the light of day. And this millipede is just one of the many, many things, to be honest, that come out of those holes that we've never seen and never thought existed down there. This species was collected in the gold fields of Western Australia near a town called Norseman, probably about 100 k southwest of Norseman. And... It's a pretty dry landscape on the surface, but this species probably never comes to the surface. So they were collected from 15 to 60 meters underground. And that's probably where they are the whole time, where it's dark and actually humid, even though the surface is arid. So how deep was this sample? I know that the shallowest was 15 meters and the deepest that we got it was 60, which is very deep. Usually you don't get too much stuff happening past 40, 50 meters. There's life that deep. Yes, and often, depending on the area, if you hit the water table, then you get uh, subterranean aquatic animals, which is called stygofauna. These guys are subterranean, but still terrestrial, air breathing, so they are above the water table. In that particular area, because we're talking about some small little hills, obviously 60 meters down was still not hitting the water table, hence why they were they were there. 60 metres down and still hadn't hit the water table. So, how do you convince a troglophile millipede never before seen by mankind to come up to the surface? Imagine just a bit of PVC pipe, this big, with, with lids on both sides and little holes, about this big, about two, uh, yeah. one, two centimetres wide. We usually drop traps down there that we leave in place for a month or two. These traps have leaf litter, sterilized leaf litter inside. That's organic matter that's pretty rare on the ground. And all sorts of different animals, including the millipedes, they will smell their way to that organic matter, get in the trap, and we pull those traps up, empty those, that leaf litter from the PVC pipe into a plastic bag, essentially put in the nasty and bring it back to the lab. And then slowly we have to go through that material in the lab to find the animals. This involves a lot of sifting, sorting, and lots of very detailed looking at things, and it can take months and months, until Bruno came across the one. Yeah, when I saw it in the lab, I was just flabbergasted with the, with the length. It was like 10 centimetres long, but skinny as a thick human hair. But I probably didn't see the longest specimen straight away. I just 
realized it had to be something quite special because it, it's blind and pale, very clearly adapted to being having its full life on the ground. No eyes, no coloration in its body. It has a beak for eating and is so long and skinny, it literally looks like a gastrointestinal worm. But it isn't. It's a true millipede. And that family in particular had no known subterranean species, so I knew it had to be something quite special. And just having a rough count of its number of segments and legs, I could tell that it probably had more than the 751 which I knew was the record holder. I had no idea it would go past a thousand, though. The leggiest creature on Earth. Wait, how many legs? Yeah, that, yeah. There's a lot of there's so many. To find out, out there, Bruno right? had to call in the big guns from Virginia Tech in the U.S. Back to Juanita for this part of the story. So he's like, "Well, let's send this very leggy specimen to the leggy species specialist, right, in the U.S." So he sent that to my colleague, Paul Merrick. The leggiest specimen specialist from Virginia Tech, who had previously counted legs on specimens that looked really similar to the one from WA. Whose job was it to count the legs? (laughs) I think the only one who took the task um, was Paul. Yeah, so he, but what he (laughs) did was he imaged it before counting because you cannot possibly count them while they're moving. I think that would be impossible. Yeah. Even, I think sometimes, even when I have specimens under the microscope to count the legs, it's difficult because, well, how do you keep track, first of all? So I think he was smart taking a picture and then so that you can keep track on a screen and or maybe on a piece of paper even to count them. And how many legs did this specimen end up having? (laughs) 1,306 legs for the holotype. But there are several specimens and they, you know, they go from 800 legs to 1,300 legs. And the different numbers of legs within the same species is because as a millipede goes through its life stages, it adds sections onto its body and along with them, more and more legs. And this is sort of mind-blowing for me, because it's as if as a cow gets older, it gets four, then six, then eight legs. Ah, bizarre. And then uh, Paul contacted me, so I I am a data nerd. I love analysing data. I love looking at genomes and molecules and doing some bioinformatic analysis. So he sent me those data and we kind of fiddled around and found the best way to analyze them. And basically what I did was just extract some genes that we had looked at before and then put together this data set to make a tree and see if the species from here is related to the species from the US. That was one of the earlier leggiest millipede samples that Paul the leggiest millipede specialist had found. And what Juanita constructed is sort of like the family history, the family tree of the millipede from WA, putting it in its place on that huge tree of life that we call Earth. And what we found is that actually they are not closely related. They belong to even two different orders. So it's, it's like saying one is a wasp and one is a fly. They are completely different uh, orders, but they just look very, very similar. Doppelgangers from opposite sides of the world, but they did evolve in similar environments. Exactly. So millipedes 
have many, many legs because they are, most of them are subterranean and they have to dig and they have to move through very tight spaces and small crevices. But something in common between these leggy ones that are looking very, very similar to each other is that the places where they live are very, very deep underground. It's not like living in the soil where it's soft and you can move swiftly. It's more, it's like rocky. So they have to be able to use the strength of a thousand legs to be able to propel themselves through this environment and also move themselves in different angles. The strength of a thousand legs. Get that on a t-shirt. And imagine, the millipedes have a hard little shell, head, like a stack helmet, and they grip with those feet, they push with those legs, and batter their way through the debris and stone of the underworld, making cracks bigger so they can get through. <laughs> yeah, that's why they have so many legs, like, no wonder. Yeah, yeah, in order to be able to live that deep down in that rocky environment, you need to have a lot of legs and moving in different directions at all at the same time. A leg back, a leg forward, left, right, up and down. They can do all of that at the same time. Godlike. <laughs> it's crazy. And this species was named Eumilipes Persephone. Yes, a new genus as well as a new species. Eumipoles means true millipede, a thousand legs. And Persephone, after the queen of the underworld. It's the first known super elongated millipede in Australia and the new world record holder of the animal with the greatest number of legs. The photos taken of them sort of under the microscope make them look like a discarded curled up bit of spaghetti on the bench, a curly whirly long tube with a lot of tiny little legs. It's a record holder. So after we polished our paper, a couple months later, there was a commentary in Current Biology by a very, very important researcher that works on all arthropods, Greg Edgecombe. And what he found, and he was commenting this on this paper, is that all the specimens that we found for these new species, the number of legs is a multiple of 11. What the duck? They all had different numbers of legs, but all the numbers of body segments were multiples of 11. So he was like, well, now maybe we need to rethink how legs are added to an organism because before the norm was like, oh, well, maybe they add ring by ring and they add legs one at a time. Like a modular train toy adding carriage by carriage by carriage. But it seems like this is not really the case. It's happening in multiples of something, and in this case it's 11. That is so odd. Or is, is that just because I'm not, like, in this world? That seems really weird. <laughs> yes, it's very weird. To me it was very weird to read it. And I think that's why it even, you know, like, this thought that Greg realised, wait a minute, this is multiples of 11. That even, it, there's a paper in Current Biology about it, which is a really good journal. So it, it's a very important observation and it's maybe a, a paradigm shift for how we think about how legs evolve. Insane. And if you, like me, are doing some quick mental arithmetic, then having to get out a pencil to make sure you're not going mad, the total number of legs doesn't divide by 11. 
It's body segments that do. Let me explain this anomaly. Not every segment actually has two pairs of legs. Imagine if there was a little train and it has an engine at the front and the engine has the head and the brain and the mouth and then there's some sections of legs that are a little bit different and some of those sections only have one set of legs. That's the engine. Then after that, you get into a rhythm. There are these repeating carriages, sections that add on in groups of 11 body segments, two pairs of legs each. For some reason, I've always been drawn to the small animals with little articulated legs. Spiders, crabs, insects of all sorts. I never, to be honest, until I saw this millipede, I wasn't particularly interested in millipedes, interestingly. Bruno Alves Passato from Flinders University is in his lab with a microscope. He's the guy that actually found the millipede, and he's a bit of a leg guy. I think the millipedes have an interesting thing about their legs, which is... They have so many, it's all, it's all about legs with them, and the males have a pair of legs modified into what we call gonopods. Gono from gonads and pods from leg. And the gonopods is what they use to transfer sperm into the females. A leg-sized delivery service. So, and, and they're crazy. They're completely modified pair of legs that does not look like a leg at all and it's one of the things we use for taxonomy in the group. As in, they look at these penis legs to spot the differences between species. I will try to put that animal in this petri dish, and if it's happy to walk around, we might be able to see in the microscope, which is next door. The millipede in question is about four centimetres long, a couple of mil wide, and is handsome and shiny black in colour. It is quite possible that it would just sit and we might not be able to see it, but we'll try. Some species might have other differences as well in coloration or size, but in this case, the easiest way is if you have a male, you just look in, it's usually the seventh segment, the legs are modified into these gonopods. So it's possible that we can even see it with him curled up, but it would be very nice if he would uncurl for us. Yep, so far it just looks like a regular rolled up millipede on a microscope slide. The tension is killing me. I reckon he was, yeah, he's slowly uncurled. So, oh, he's starting to uncurl. Around there, going sideways. And that was the moment everything became clear and the seventh pair of amazing modified mating legs came into focus under the microscope. And then the poor little guy made a break for it. Ooh, he's gay. I, I thought he would not be that good climbing. I'm just gonna catch him and hope that he's happy in the dish and then I'll, I'll put a glass lid. So he can't skip now. Every arthropod has to molt when it grows and shed its exoskeleton. It's with the final molt to become an adult that the modified leg appears and in the species under the microscope, it's on the seventh pair of leg. What is with all the prime numbers? In that mode, the, the leg will come out modified. So it grows a modified leg inside itself when it's in the last stage of, of the juvenile stage. And when it molds to adult, that comes out as a gonopod. Apparently, the gonopods on our super extended Persephone goddess of the underworld millipede are on the ninth set of legs. And not to make anyone feel inadequate or anything, but the gonopods, they always come in pairs. Today I learned. So, if I've got two legs, and Persephone, the goddess millipede of the underworld, has 1,306, then what's the average number of legs for a creature on Earth? 
654. A lot of this question comes down to what do you count as an animal and to a lesser extent, what do you count as a leg? Luis Villason is a science and tech author from the UK. If we start from the top up and work down uh, just with humans. And he is into this stats problem. There's, you know, 7 billion-ish humans on the planet. We have two legs each. Well, technically probably slightly less than two, I think, but fair call. So we could throw birds into the mix. They're also two-legged, so they sort of skew the average in favour of two legs. And why do their knees bend backwards? Because their ankles and birds walk around on their toes. Ask me for more silly facts. And we've got about another 200 billion birds. Typically, when we think of animals, we're normally thinking of four-legged animals, you know, cats and dogs and cows and things, and there are quite a lot of those. There might be something like 500 billion animals, mostly four-legged. That's just mammals. If we count amphibians and reptiles, we might be adding as much as 10 trillion extra. So they outnumber us quite a lot. If we just took vertebrates, that would mean that the average uh, was very close to four. It would be uh, slightly under four, about 3.96 by my maths. But then, of course, we've got fish. Oh, boy. Fish don't have any legs. Uh, if we don't count lungfish, I guess. And we've got 10 trillion fish. So that's about the same number as fish as there are land vertebrates. So our average comes back down, back about to two. It's a roller coaster of emotion up and down. And then, of course, there's invertebrates, and they completely outnumber us. We can ignore most of the things that you think of immediately, like millipedes and centipedes. There just aren't enough of those to to skew the the total average very much. But ordinary insects, six legs each, about five million trillion. In the sea, there's even more invertebrates, things like copepods, which are a kind of zooplankton. They have something between six and ten, depending on the species legs each, and we've got about 20 times as many copepods as there are insects. So suddenly throwing in invertebrates skews the average all the way back up to nearly six. But then, you know, switcheroo, it comes back down again because we've missed out nematodes. Nematodes are tiny microscopic roundworms, and there are so many of those that uh, some estimates have said that if we dissolved the entire Earth and left only the nematodes behind, we would still be able to see the outline of everything. The land, the trees, us. So about 10 billion trillion nematodes in the world is the number I have, and that brings the average down to effectively zero. It's 0.1, so you know if we are rounding to the nearest whole number of legs, it'd be zero. So you can say, on average, we don't have any legs. Right now... I am the vision of that gift from the internet where the man is staring dumbly into the middle distance and his mind is blown with a nuclear cloud behind him. On average, we have no legs. Or do we? 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. We're getting, you know, better and better estimates for these things. And the small ones, unsurprisingly, have tended to be underestimated. Uh, But nematodes, it's been known for a long time that they vastly outnumber us. And I've not even counted bacteria, which we properly, zoologists wouldn't count those as animals. But if we're we're talking about living organisms, um, then, you know, know, we're even lower. Unless, of course, as I said at the beginning, um, you stretch your definition of a leg 
to include uh, cilia and flagella that bacteria uh, have on the end of them. And then maybe the average comes back up to, you know, 100 each. Oh, God. It's, dare I say it, a human centipede. Oh, I said it. And hey, I wanted to ask you a question, actually. Um, Do you think that on Earth there are more legs or more eyes? Like, yeah, we've got two and two, but dogs have two and four. And then Persephone, they have like a thousand to none. So tell me, what do you think? Eyes or legs and why? Email whattheduck at abc.net.au. My name's Dr. Anne Jones and I present and produce What the Duck along with Patria Ladgrove. It's made mostly on the lands of the Wadawurrung and Ghana people. And the email again is whattheduck at abc.net.au. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.